Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape reporter. Coming up, Will Durst on involuntarily being pulled from the center to the left. Well, I don't know, I'm at the one yard line, so uh, I don't know how much more they can pull. (laughs) I guess they can give me a safety, but uh, I started out at the 40, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of lefty. I believe that people should be able to do what they want to do, but now with the whole Citizens United and the money involved and billionaires, it's going to be so us versus them. We'll hear more from Will in just a bit. Urban Outfitters should probably take my comedy class. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Thailand's prime minister says that foreign tourists are inviting attacks by wearing skimpy bikinis. He later apologized, saying that his country welcomes all visitors, even fat slobs. Scotland has voted to stay in the United Kingdom by a 55-45% to vote this past Thursday. The UK was relieved and told the Scots, you'll see, it's going to be different this time, baby. The iPhone 6 is out. People lined up around the block in many locations in North America and around the world. Customers waited for hours for a chance to buy the latest version of the popular smart device. Some waited even longer than the time it took to download and install iOS 8. U.S. House of Representatives Speaker John Boehner on Thursday expressed his dissatisfaction with a chronically high jobless rate and complained of a very sick idea that the unemployed would rather just sit around, adding that sitting around and doing nothing while collecting a paycheck is the job of the U.S. House of Representatives. Larry Page's ambitions are huge and growing bigger every day. Already he has Google working on self-driving cars, artificial intelligence, robots, aging, and drones. At Google, they call these efforts moonshots. The latest problem Page wants to solve, inefficient airports. With friends and colleagues, Mr. Page has talked about his desire to build a Google airport that would be more efficient than existing ones, but would then quietly disappear about a year and a half later. They plan to call the first one the iGoogle Memorial Airport. The Republican Party thinks that Vice President Joe Biden is embarrassing the U.S. and they would like him to stop it. Shortly after he apologized for using the term Shylocks back on Wednesday, Biden stumbled into another controversy when he referred to former Singapore Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew as the, quote, wisest man in the Orient, unquote. The Republican National Committee subsequently released a statement claiming Biden had projected an unacceptable imperialist undertone and should understand such comments embarrass our country. A confused Biden later apologized, saying that there were plenty of clever Japs and Chinamen in the Orient. At age 68, with a net worth of $3.5 billion and living in New York, Donald Trump fits the profile of a typical billionaire. What does a typical billionaire look like? In their latest census, WealthX and UBS attempt to answer that question. According to the report, the average billionaire is 63 years old and has a net worth of $3.1 billion. 93% of the world's billionaires are over 45. And so the average billionaire, based on Trump, is also a horrendous racist and makes incredibly bad business decisions but still gets to be a millionaire. And finally, Gerard Depardieu says he drinks up to 14 bottles of wine a day. When I'm bored, I drink, the legendary French actor told Us Weekly while promoting his new film, Welcome to New York. At least that's what they think he said. And that's been Fake News with me. Quite a few things this week could have been the subject of today's dumb bit, but I kind of zeroed in on this one. 
Outfitters has apologized for selling one, yes, just one controversial Kent State sweatshirt that appeared to have blood spatter. So if you don't know why this is horrible, uh, I'll explain very briefly that in 1970 at Kent State University, uh, four students were shot to death by National Guard troops during a campus protest. And it hits kind of close to home for a couple of reasons, one being from Cleveland, it's very close to Kent State, two, uh, my mom went to Kent State, and she started on her master's degree there, I think the following year, or maybe two years later in the fall of, I think it was the fall of 71, and she said you could still tell it was still, the campus was a lot quieter than she thought it was going to be. She came from a, a smaller college to get her undergraduate degree called Lake Erie College, who was in the next town over from us. And uh, that was kind of a quiet little university. It was formerly an all-woman's college. And she thought, well, Kent State will be a lot more lively, at least. And, thing. and it was kind of still kind of um, uh, subdued there, she said. And she said you could still kind of tell. So it's, it's, it's still fresh in everybody's memory, Chris, because it's the people that uh, were around at the time that happened are still alive. And that brings me to my point. Well, first of all, let's see what Urban Outfitters' explanation was. Urban Outfitters says the sweatshirt is part of a vintage collection containing other university sweatshirts and the red stains are just discolorations from the shirt's original shade. So this is jive for two reasons. One, none of the other shirts in that university collection have that kind of a pattern on it. And that's number one. And number two, uh, all of the other shirts are from much larger schools. Kent State's a medium-sized school, like Bowling Green where I went. They're sister schools, actually. They were founded in the same year. And there's no shirts from those schools. It's all like University of Texas, uh, University of New Mexico, big, big schools. So clearly this was somebody uh, trying to be funny and not succeeding. Now, I teach my uh, students in comedy class that I teach a couple of times a year. Uh, there's two formulas in comedy. And one, uh, and no one knows if this is credited to Steve Allen or Carol Burnett. No one knows who actually said it first because they said it around the same time, but it's tragedy over time equals comedy. It's also written sometimes as tragedy plus time equals comedy. In other words, the further away you get from something terrible, uh, the, the more easy it is to make fun of it, and there's a difference between it happening to you personally and then something happening in the news like this or 9-11 or you know, a plane crash or something like that. So... Uh, what I tell my students is the further away you get from something, you know, then you can make fun of it. For example, the Titanic, everyone can make fun of because all of the survivors of that uh, had passed away by the 70s or 80s. And the last woman that survived had just passed away a couple of years ago. But most everyone involved at the time or knew somebody had passed away. It was, it was further enough in the distance you can do Titanic jokes, whereas... Uh, the space shuttle tragedies that happen, no, that's, that's not funny. And the reason that is is because there's a second formula that I came up with. It's called the punchline must be greater than the setup. So in other words, if you take your setup and it's a, a subject of some news event, then the punchline better be a lot funnier than the any kind of tragedy or any kind of ill feeling associated with the setup, okay? So that's very simple. And of course, uh, Urban Outfitters did not do that because you know it happened 44 years ago. Yes, I'm sure the kids that came up with it weren't even born at the time, but a lot of people that were around at the time remember it, and that's why you can't do that. The item appears to be sold out on the Urban Outfitters website, but a company spokeswoman told USA Today the sweatshirt was actually removed from the site and will be destroyed. Until this morning, the sweatshirt was selling on the site for $129. And a sweatshirt selling for $129 is a tragedy of a different kind. Hey folks, remember this? Dear Joey, getting my hair done. Be back at 3.30. Please go to Lawson's and pick up bread, lunch meat, potato salad, and pop. And if you want... Or this? We have fresh ideas at Red Barn, like a salad bar for you. This is the third time my husband went back to the salad bar. Or how about this?
Well, Home Shirts has all of your vintage apparel needs, recalling all the great brands and restaurants of yesteryear, particularly from the cities of Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis, but also from brands around the country. Just head to homeshirts.com and check out all of our vintage apparel needs, including restaurants, stores, great sports teams. Check it out, and when you order specifically from Home Shirts Cleveland, we make a couple of bucks, and we really appreciate it. Merry-go-round. Unique fashions for guys and gals. And don't forget to check out our collection of defunct teams from such leagues as the American Basketball Association, the World Hockey Association, the World Football League, and many more at homeshirts.com. Will Durst is one of our greatest political satirists, and if you don't know about him, you should. And a great place to start is with our interview with Will Durst. Hey, joining us on PF State Reporters, the return of Will Durst. Will, how you doing? I'm good. How's it going, Wilson? Pretty good. You are uh, uh, traveling through the state of Nevada right now, I understand? No. Uh, I sent you an email. I told you what happened. But, okay. Uh, oh. I got my Tuesdays and my Wednesdays mixed up, and I'm driving to Tahoe tomorrow. Today, I'm flying back to Milwaukee. I'm stuck uh, okay. I mean, uh, from Milwaukee. I'm stuck in Cleveland right now, oh, okay. and uh, that's... That's the way it is. I'm in the Cleveland Airport. Ah, Hopkins International. Very good, yes. Yes, well, I'm, I'm from there, so that's why I know that. <laughs> we were. Uh, uh, it's a lovely airport. Yes, we were just up there uh, in Cleveland to see a concert uh, last Monday, and uh, we drove in, though we didn't fly in, because uh, we only ah. from Cincinnati. But, uh, so what's new with you, man? Uh, it's been a while since we uh, last spoke. Well, there's a bunch of stuff. Um uh, the political stuff, still doing that. Uh, got a little movie coming out. There's a documentary about three comics who uh, started out in the 80s and are still doing it, even though they never got famous. And it's called Three Still Standing, and people can go to threestillstanding.com, the numeral three. Okay. And uh, find out about that. It's, it's Johnny Steele, Larry Bubbles Brown, and me. Oh, okay. And it's going to have its premiere at the Mill Valley Film Festival on oh, October 4th, I believe. Okay. And and then I'm doing my little one-man baby boomer show called Boomer Raging from LSD to OMG. <laughs> and uh, that's I, I just got done doing that in Sturgeon Bay. And before that, I was in Windsor. And I got a couple more performances of it and it's it's a lot of fun it's 90 minutes just me and an overhead projector okay i don't think you're old enough to remember the overhead projector. oh sure i'm i'm not much younger than you I'm, I'm almost 50 oh my god i know right are you gonna be one of those first gen xers to hit 50 next year no two years uh, i'm in that weird cusp because the uh, baby boom is supposed to go to 65 and then 66 i think is supposed to start the gen xers but then sometimes people push it to 67 68 so i don't know no 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 gen xers uh baby boomers are 46 to 64 okay gen xers are 65, 65. To okay then i'll i'll be in the second yeah. wave i'll be the second one in the door i guess yeah yeah 
But, uh, and yeah. then they had something called Generation Y, but yep. uh, they rose up as one and demanded that they get their own name, so yes. now they're called the Millennials. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, they seem to get, uh, the press seems to get worse and worse as the uh, generations progress. I know the, the baby boomers were all about themselves, but then kind of got reflective and started kind of kind of turning on each other. And then uh, then the Gen Xers took a lot of the heat. Now the millennials are taking a beating, you know, because they're, they're not focused at work and they're all lazy and they all want to be artists and all this other. So, boy, the next generation after that is really going to get it. No, no, they all take this crap uh, in the beginning of uh, their their formative years. They, they every Every generation... Uh, it was said the same thing about Hemingway's generation. They were the lost generation, and then there oh, was World yeah. War One, and you know, and then there was World War Two, and you know, they were focused because of World War Two, so they were the greatest generation. Yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. And uh, then there was the war. But every generation gets called uh, by the previous generation, you know, who really had stick-to-itiveness and were indefatigable, and <laughs> and you know they. They were the best of the best, and uh, so, yeah, it's no big deal. That, that's true. Um, so do you agree with, uh, now you mentioned the greatest generation, I, before we passed away, I saw an interview with Andy Rooney, who said that, uh, that Tom Brokaw was full of was full of bollocks, that uh, that they really weren't the greatest generation, because World War II had to be fought, he explained. Well, I, I, I think World War II did have to be fought. Well, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but it that, was the last... It was the last good war. It sure. was a, a war with, uh, you know, pretty dark shades of good and evil. And oh, ever yeah. since then, the, the focus has been fuzzy. So, well, I, I think his yeah. point was that had, had the Gen Xers or the uh, baby boomers been faced with the same situation, they too would have risen up, you know, and and been the greatest generation. But, you know, unfortunately we've been sad, like you just said, with, you know, not, not so distinct shades of, uh, of good and evil. You know, arguing about motivations and what would have compelled a generation to bind together in an age where we have the internet and we have uh, trolling and, you know, it, it's it's apples and oranges. It just doesn't work. You know, that was one specific generation. Hitler happened at that time. And there's there's no wondering if anybody else would have done it. I don't know. Nobody knows. Well, you bring up a good point about the uh, the internet. I w- wanted to ask you about this since you've been, you know, at this political satire thing for a long time. Has the internet as are people more politically engaged now, or or are they? Is it easier for them to pay attention, or is it just easier for us to see how ignorant some people are? <laughs> yeah, I love the people who call other folks morons on the internet and then misspell morons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, the the internet has given us very easy access and and also anonymity, which is the frightening part. So, I I would only take you know what what they over, they always say tell you with a grain of salt. I would I would lick a salt lick first before I <laughs> I really were you know think that people are more engaged. Yeah. I don't know. It's because it just seems that you know if you because uh, I used to like, just talking you know in, in person to people you know in college and and beyond that stuff like that. You realize oh, a lot of people aren't really you know that that informed. But then on the internet, especially you go onto the Facebook or read a comment section on any website, you're like, holy cow! 
it's just amazing how uninformed people are or what people will buy into. Well, people also believe what they want to believe, and I think this has always been true. You know, it's now they have, you know, there's one guy who will come up with a, a facetious fact uh, or uh, something that's uh, kind of true but taken out of context, and, and then everybody runs with it. And it, it the sheep, the, the sheep, uh, just the stampedes of sheep is what's amazing. And it's it's hard for me to read the comments anymore. I mean, I love to read the comments on stories because you get to see what people think. But it, it gets to be this argument between two people who know each other on the blog. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they get into, you know, they just continue a longstanding feud. Yeah, I like uh, my favorite. But I like to, I like to. I like to hear the colloquial language how people uh, couch, you know, their their opinions, and because uh, that's why I listen to news talk radio. I just I love how people actually put stuff. I haven't listened to that in a long time. Uh, I used to listen to a guy here uh, who moved to Chicago, and he was uh, kind of on the right, but he wasn't nuts. He was wrong about a lot of stuff, but he wasn't like he wasn't crazy, you know. He, he, he at least his opinions were formed from fact, and he's starting a podcast soon too, as well. So I'm um, I'm happy he'll be you know back working again. But um, yeah, and I guess that was what we had before the internet. Now that, now that you mentioned it, was we had uh, we had talk radio, and then we but we which we still have, but now it's just amplified uh, by like the internet and, and things. Yeah, amplified is right. You know, just a maybe a six inch thick magnifying glass, something something that Hubble would be proud of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, as you've said before, the, uh, the the middle ground you've been standing on uh, for years and years is, was, was gradually pulled to the right years ago. And is, it, is that pull still going, or, or has it reached its its maximum uh, its maximum strength? Well, I don't know. I'm at the one-yard line, so uh, I don't <laughs> know how much more they can pull. <laughs> I guess they can give me a safety, but... Uh, I started out at the 40, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lefty. Sure. You know, I believe that people should be able to do what they want to do. And, but now, uh, I mean, uh, with the whole Citizens United and the money involved and billionaires uh, charging tolls and, you know, it's, it's just going to get, it's going to be so us versus them. Yeah. And, you know, and the problem is there's so many people as we find out, you know, during collaborations, there's so many people who want to be them that, you know, us are going to be in a, a tough spot because it, it won't just be them. It'll be want to be them, you know? Yeah, people you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Well, people who want some of the crumbs, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's all it takes is a couple of crumbs. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, a couple of crumbs. Yeah, there was a, that thing uh, a couple of months ago where uh, Harry Reid was talking about how the you know the corporations you know pay the Republican Party's way, and people jumped on him immediately. And said, "Well, you know, you know, NASCAR is one of your biggest contributors." And the guy I was talking about just before the talk show host uh, connected to this government report that showed that uh, you know a lot of in a lot of cases Democrats made up you know fifty percent or more of the donorship to some of these corporations. But forty. What he didn't point out was forty-five percent went to the GOP, and like that's not a lot of difference. Forty-five and fifty-five. They just went with who they thought was going to win. <laughs> they placed a bet, and they stole forty-five percent into the GOP. So I don't really think, like you just said, it's not a matter of of, uh, of a right and left. It's you know who these guys are beholden to. 
and with Sh- Sheldon Adelson holding his uh, his auditions for yeah. <laughs> presidential idol. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what? But he's pretty much one issue. He's all about Israel. So I mean, they get a kowtow to him about Israel. The Koch brothers, though, are a different thing. Oh yeah. The Koch brothers are all about energy and oil and and the NRA and uh, you know getting rid of subsidies for alternative energies, which is the way we should be going. We should be facing the future. Yeah. We shouldn't be digging up the dinosaur blood, you know. Yeah, even down there. And I'm not the first one to point this out, but you know the internal combustion engine is uh, over a hundred years old now. And uh, we've advanced in every other possible way, except we st- we're still using that. Yeah, and as long as uh, rich people, but, you know, all these, it used to be these oligarchies would die out, but now they got the politicians on their side. Exactly. So we gotta, we got to find a way to even the playing field. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Come see comedy. I think you can even the playing field. There you, like there you go. Well, comedy. Live comedy. Well, do you think live, fully yes. clothed comedy—the <laughs> the, the best kind? Well, do you think though that uh, comedy can be, you know, uh, even more informative uh, than it was in, in the old days? You know, a lot of people—I don't—I don't, don't want to say get their news from places like the Daily Show and the Colbert Report, but they kind of do. Uh, do you think it's a way of getting the, the the public more informed in a subtle way? I think what you can do is you can plant seeds. And you can let people know that there are other viewpoints out there. Because you know, in branding, you know, when you talk to somebody trying to lay down a brand, they say it's not until like seven or eight times that the people see the name and they associate it with a product that it actually begins to stick. And I think I think that's true with, with our social causes that you have to understand. And I think that's what happened to gay marriage. I think all the people who were dead set against gay marriage now they're just dead. You know, I mean, the the old people who, and the kids don't care. So I think that's going to happen. It's slowly going to turn around. So it, getting back to the us versus them kind of thing, do you think, like, I've noticed this lately, like with the uh, the libertarians and the, the, and the Occupy Wall Street kind of side of people, I've seen these kind of diagrams where people show that they're kind of, they kind of cross in some areas. Do you see that kind of increasing where, you know, people... You know, like for like you were saying, you know, people don't want to be hassled. Well, libertarians believe that, and so do uh, liberals. But I guess it's just a matter of who they think should be hassling them, or who they think is hassling them most. Well, yeah, they also have great uh, arguments. You know, there's places where they don't agree. Like uh, a liberal will believe that you should help the least fortunate among us. And a libertarian thinks that uh, they're on their own. Yeah. Oh, Throw yeah. them on the ice floe, give them a pointy stick and some matches, and oh, no blankets because that would be an entitlement, you know. So I'll rent them those so, matches. So yeah, there 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 will be you know, there will be you know moments of uh, shared interest, but I, I don't I don't see it growing that much. Well, let me ask you this. Pot, yeah, yeah, they're both in the pot. Let me- <laughs> Libertarians and liberals are both, yeah. That's true, yeah, they both both want that. But um, did you see that thing of when uh, Ann Coulter showed up on John Stossel's uh, town hall at that college and she just kind of chastised all the libertarians? And I thought, I've never been more convinced that this is an act on her part. No. Well, the fact that she, you know, sleeps with... uh, 
uh, Bill Maher should be. Uh, I, 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 th- I think that's obvious that you know they're just the opposite sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, and speaking of people uh, like Mar, because you know Mar's got a pretty open mind on a lot of things. He isn't, you know, uh, dead set on the one side. Of course, he, you know, he, of course, he favors the one side, like you know, you and I do. But um, do, do you? Why does it seem that the the left can be more, uh, I guess, influenced by other ideas or more open to other ideas, and the right seems to be much more black and white, where it's you know it's this or that, you know, and only this way, or is am I just am I just biased and uh, from my own viewpoint? Uh, it's easier to hold one concept in your head than many concepts. I think, uh. You know, it's just it's a it's a also a fear of fear of change. I mean, people are afraid of change. Yeah, you know, people want everything to uh, be the way it is, the way they grew up knowing it. I want I want my living room to be by the kitchen. <laughs> Well, that because that is human nature. Because I noticed, like my wife and I always say, whenever we're on vacation, we come back. It's just being out of the routine is kind of uh, you know deserting. And then we get to, one nice thing about coming home is you get to get back into your routine and do, do things that you know. So I guess yeah, that's just human nature, no matter who you are. <laughs> well, it's it's nice. I I like routines. I mean, yeah. I admit, you know. But uh, and and it looks like they keep moving the the goalposts on me technologically. You know, I finally figured out Facebook, and now it's all about Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's why I know Facebook is doomed, because I'm on Facebook. Not just me, my aunt is on Facebook. That's <laughs> why Facebook is doomed. There my you. aunt. <laughs> she keeps poking me, and I wish it would stop. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, another thing I wanted, we were, we were talking about Sheldon Elton and his, uh, his auditions there. Do you think Romney will run again? You know... I, it's two years out. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, at this point, you know, before 92, nobody knew who, who Bill Clinton was. And I think they're going to need a transformational candidate. I'm not sure that they can get by with uh, Mitt Romney. I'm not sure that, you know, that's... they, they and, I'm, and Rand Paul and Chris Christie and Jeb Bush, you know, they all look like... They got to find somebody who's who's going to just charge the party into the 21st century. Maybe it's Paul Ryan. I don't think. I definitely don't think that it's uh, Scott Walker. But. Yeah, who was uh, the the governor of Indiana a couple of years ago? Uh, he was the only guy that wasn't crazy, and I can never remember his name. Not Evan Bayh. He was a senator. Birch Bayh. No. Um, Birch Bayh. No. Mike uh, Pence. No. Shoot, I can't remember. I think we had this conversation last time too. It was uh, uh, maybe it was Evan By. I don't remember now, but he was seen the least crazy, and he vanished. Oh, uh, Evan By, right? His son, Evan By. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's just I like, keep saying Birch By. I think when so they, old. when they, <laughs> well, it's just like when they find somebody that isn't crazy, they all decide like, you know what? You're not crazy enough. Can you say some like really wacky crap about women and uh, and and the poor and well, people I'm being Well, I'm also worried about the Democrats. I mean, what happens if Hillary Clinton has a health crisis? They have no backup. You know, that's true. Who would they possibly. Yeah, that's you know, a, that's they don't a, have, There's you no. Know, Elizabeth Warren's not going to run, and if Hillary's no. running, you know, and I don't know, I don't know if she she would run even if uh, Hillary wasn't running. That's a good. I didn't think of that until just now. That is a pretty weak bench. Looking there, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she yeah. Uh, she pulls a hammy, 
uh, you look down that bench, there's no one to go to. Joe Biden? Oh. No, Hillary sucked all the, uh, the oxygen out of the room. That's true, yeah. So I guess maybe it wasn't uh, a bad investment after all for Karl Rove to pour all this money into, into attacking her now, uh, you know, before it's too late. <laughs> brain damage, yeah, I love that. Yeah, Karl Rove. Yeah, well, he's the guy who shepherded Bush into the White House, so he's probably pretty familiar with the symptoms. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are you talking about on stage these days? Oh, well, I go through the 2016, uh, you know, I, I talk about Putin a little, the fact that oh, yeah. Putin trying to help us with the peace process is as suspicious as a wet spot on a veterinarian's couch <laughs> after 4th of July fireworks during Chihuahua week. <laughs> and uh, what else am I talking about? Uh, some other stuff, you know. Also, um, I bring in some of the growing old stuff, you know, the social oh, yeah. security stuff. Yeah. Because in the modern thing, how you take your life in your own hand every time you, every time you enter a public restroom. Yep. Well, uh, I'll let you get going, uh, sir, and get uh, get ready to get onto your plane there and, and get off to Tahoe and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, good, good. Uh, come on, come come visit me at uh, at the Acme in, well, I'm in, uh, in Minneapolis. I'm in Cincinnati. I always love that club because it's one of the smartest uh, audiences. Well, definitely. We'll have to get you here to Cincinnati though, and then we can. Uh, and you and I can hang out. I would love to come to Cincinnati. I'm thinking of bringing my little show to the Cincinnati uh, Fringe Festival next year. Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll put a word in otherwise. And, uh, and oh, if you know somebody down there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Put a word in for me, man. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> all right, man. Because I was just at the Santa Cruz Fringe Festival and, and a couple of other Fringe Festivals and... Uh, yeah. So. Okay, we'll do. All right, man. Well, good luck to you up there in oh. Minneapolis, and like I said, hopefully we'll see you down here in Cincinnati soon. Thank you, Pia. All right, well, you talk take to it later. easy, man. Have a great podcast. You too. Bye. Thanks again to Will Durst for being on the show. You can catch Will Durst September 21st doing his Boomer Aging show at Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then September 24th through 27th, he'll be doing Boomer Raging at Alberta's Ab- or at, the, at the Alberta Abbey Theater in Portland, Oregon. Excuse me. And then October 2nd through 5th, he'll be doing his regular set at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. For all things Will Durst, including more tour dates, go to willdurst.com. Easy enough. A lot of fun. It's laid out kind of like a newspaper, so it kind of fits into this political satire, but then it also has his uh, regular comedy on there as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, another point of business we need to cover here is David Huntsberger, who was on last week's show. Uh, emailed me right after the episode dropped. I don't know if he did that because he knew the episode dropped and he'd forgotten to tell me this. But anyway, he started a Kickstarter to help fund a comedy special he's going to record, I believe, in Minneapolis, uh, even though he's from uh, Nevada originally and then Colorado and then Texas and then California. But anyway, I believe he's going to film it in Minneapolis. That's not the important part. The important part is 
He's raising money because he has a lot of, he has a lot of cool set design ideas. It's going to involve some of the animation he's been doing over the years while he's on the road and things like that. So if you go to Kickstarter, and there's uh, a link on his front page of his website, davidhuntsberger.com, burger with an E-R-G-E-R. And then you can go right to the Kickstarter. As of the recording of this, uh, on a Friday night, September 19th, he is at $21,000. He's just shy of the $25,000 goal with 11 days to go. So if everybody listening throws in a couple of bucks, um, by my estimation, everyone listening to this podcast, we can get them right over that 25000 very easily. So do go do that. I th- in fact, if everyone that listens to the show we threw in a buck, that would get them over. So why don't you go ahead and do that? DavidHunsberger.com to check that out. All right. And then uh, Monday, I will be doing a massive interview, which I'm going to uh, not tell you the name until I actually get it in the can. And uh, very excited about that. I will tell you about that maybe next week. Going to skip the usual credits this week because we're running a little bit late. You can go find those on an old episode. Uh, Just very quickly, like the show on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, PF66. And that's all the business we have for today, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 